Hello, welcome everybody to another episode of Becoming Entrepreneurs. My name is Beto and with us as always is Juan. Uh, today we want to talk to you about something we've brought up fairly frequently, I think, in uh, a lot of our previous episodes, but we want to get a little bit more in detail on it. And that is going to be uh, the minimum viable product, also known, known as MVP. Uh, so I know I, I've personally been touting this for many, many years, uh, even in my IT career. That's really where I got started with uh, the idea of MVP. Uh, when I used to read IT-centric books, uh, the one particularly, and I think he's the one that introduced the uh, the whole term in the first place, was uh, The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. Uh, have you read that by chance? I have not. No? Okay. Um, but anyway, so, uh, I've, I've been, it's, it's something that I've been trying to teach people for years, uh, when, when I was in it and in, in, in my programming circles, and it's something that for some reason, as simple of a concept that it is, a lot of people don't understand it still and don't get it. And I'm talking like super s smart people, programmers, uh, you know, engineers, uh, just employees that I had that didn't and still, for some reason, don't get the concept. Uh, so it, as simple of a concept as it is, for some reason, uh, psychologically, I think people can't wrap their head around. But the whole idea and the whole concept of MVP is exactly as the name implies, which is it's the idea that you should develop the smallest iteration possible of a product or a service that's going to bring some kind of value to your customers or your end users at, while at the same time providing some kind of feedback for you. Um, so this is something where you're going to build something in like small iterations to give somebody value, get feedback, and it'll allow you to pivot or, or change direction um, as you're getting feedback versus building this huge, massive, heavy, fully featured product that in the end nobody wants wanted in the first place or nobody's going to use you know 90 percent of those features that you wasted all that time building um so that, that's one of the things that it's going to help you with uh and like i said it, it allows for that early feedback so it, it gives you that ability to change direction if you have to and we'll be giving you some uh, examples later on in the show um and the uh the main reason I wanted to get into this for for you guys is the the main cause of startup failure in general is the lack of market for that product. And what I mean by that is a lot of times startups come in with a, an idea for a product and they'll develop the whole thing. They'll spend years on it, all this time, all this money, millions of dollars sometimes. And when the product comes out, they realize there's no market at all for this product that we just built that we thought there was a market for. Where if they would have started with a MVP, they would have either either realized that there wasn't a market there, period, or they would have realized there is a market there, but it's not quite in that direction we thought it was going to be. It's going to end up being this. Yes. Um, so that's the reason we wanted to get into that, to just kind of give you some some detail on how you can apply this to your business. Yeah. So, and one of the, one of the great uh, things about MVP for me as well is that you start getting a little bit of the market share of your product uh, is a successful product. You know what I'm saying? Like you go out there and you already start getting your name out there 
uh, in that niche that you're uh, trying to go into. Yeah, that's that's a huge advantage right there. Is uh, you you when you when you go the route of MVP, you're gonna get to market quicker. So you're gonna start getting that market share. Um, you're gonna start getting that that feedback quicker. Um, and you might even get your product to quote unquote done way earlier than you thought you were gonna get. Right. Yeah, so I was like gonna say it, yeah, yeah. one of the advantages that you were talking about uh, that you were saying about uh, you know, getting feedback early. It's not just about feedback itself. It's that the feedback will help you save time and money in certain instances. Um, you know, sometimes people go out there and, and they want to put out the full product. You know, for example, for example, me right on on the podcast that we have on the other side. You know, our original idea we wanted to do a, a website and we wanted to do a Facebook and we wanted to do YouTube and we wanted to do the podcast and we were like trying to go out with all that and in the end we're like, well, what's the minimum viable product? Well, it's just the podcast. So let's start off with that. And we started realizing that the podcast itself was, you know, we tried to add in the website and that didn't work. So we started realizing that the podcast itself was the uh, the product that we needed, that the product that the people wanted right now, as far as bare knuckles. Uh, most, most people that watch anything or listen to anything bare knuckles are watching on video. So that kind of let us pivot to, okay, let's stop focusing so much on the just the voice podcast and let's stop focusing on the website and let's put our efforts into our video podcast. Yeah. And so we started building from there. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of examples uh, with big companies. Uh, just to give a, a personal example of mine is when, when I first got into real estate in general, I got into it with the intent of I'm going to I'm going to flip houses. You know, I'm going to buy these distressed properties, I'm going to fix them and then I'm going to sell them. Right? And I did start doing that. The the thing though is that I started with one. Yeah. And I didn't go out and just liquidate my all my savings and and go out and buy 100 properties and now I'm stuck trying to flip 100 properties. I went out and I started with one. Like basically dipping your toe in the water, right? So I went out, I bought one. Uh, we 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 did the whole remodel bid and all that, and I started realizing while doing that one and while uh, evaluating other potential flips, I started realizing that you can get into a lot of issues that you can't see up front. So once you start getting behind the walls on on projects, you start noticing. Uh, stuff isn't up to code. So now you got to bring it up to code. That's extra money. Um, that's extra time. There, there's a lot of unforeseen issues. Suddenly you might find a foundation issue or uh, your your the property is infested with termites. I mean, th there's a lot of things that, that you can run into. And that eventually made me realize, why am I messing around with distressed properties? Why not build my own brand new? And yeah. I never have to worry about that stuff because I'm controlling the quality from the beginning. Yeah. And, uh, and so by by starting with one single property, it allowed me to quickly pivot and become a builder instead. Yeah. Where if I would have gone in, just just jumped in and, and just done it full blown, I would have been stuck remodeling all these different properties. Well, not only that, but like uh, if you would have gone into uh, buy like five or six different houses, imagine first off you wouldn't have just gone out and bought them you would have had to do a lot of research try to find the houses that that, that fit your uh your criteria for buying a house to flip 
you know, you'd have to done so much research, spend months doing research, months buying the houses, and then months realizing, wait, this isn't what I want to do. I would rather build. So you just wasted time and money instead of, you know, when you just went with one, sure, you wasted time and money, but it wasn't, uh, you know, fivefold because you went out and bought five houses instead. Yep. Uh, an example of of a, a big company that that has done this that that everybody kind of knows. Well, there, there's two, I guess, that I can touch on. Um, the the first one is uh, Airbnb. Yeah, is a is a huge one. So they actually started their money with, or I'm sorry, their business with no money, and uh, so the funders used their own apartment to validate their idea. So they had this idea of this product that you now see the end result of. Yeah. But they didn't go out and start getting all this capital and all this funding to try to prove the concept. They proved it with their own apartment and started offering that and, and creating a market for that product before they went out and, and got all this uh, funding for the product to grow it and make it bigger and you know go national, go worldwide. Um, it all started with proving the concept. And, and that's really the biggest thing. That and they're, they're, I mean, they didn't go out and create a, a, an expensive website or anything. They just put up a, a simple website with pictures of their home. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yep. They just they just had a, that a, the minimum product, which is a website with pictures of what you're renting and the contact information, you know? So they didn't go out and go, okay, let's develop this uh, website where people can pay through the website and, it, you know, has uh, directions and has all, you know, they didn't do any of that. Just simple website, photos of our apartment. Yep. Uh, um, another big one is that y- you guys are probably uh, watching or looking at going through right now is Facebook. So when Facebook started, they, they started, he started with a, a going in a certain direction, just trying to build a, like a, 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 uh, a Facebook for an electronic Facebook for Harvard. Right. So getting, it's a small little social network, basically, uh, the, the you know small profiles for for these users at that one particular school and then if you if any of you guys have, have read any books on Facebook or have seen even the movie the social network uh, you know he as people started using it and he started getting feedback on it he started realizing what what is the thing that people are looking for the most and that was relationship status right so he that's kind of that was kind of the turning point i think for that social network was when he implemented that change but starting small and and even putting out the product right away to begin with for people to start using and start getting that feedback allowed them to realize hey this is really what they're looking for you know yep. people are really looking for people to date you know basically right so he kind of started building the site around that and look at where that is now but could you imagine if he had started building the entire platform, you know, trying to get all these features that yeah. you see in there now from the very beginning, you wouldn't have gotten it till years later. It probably wouldn't have had the start that it did and the, the user base that it did because he would have taken years and years to develop. And we would still be using MySpace. We would still be using MySpace, <laughs> which I kind of um, miss sometimes. Man, some of the I have a few examples of some giant companies that that use the minimum viable product one of them being uh the one of the biggest companies right now which is amazon uh jeff bezos when he started amazon he knew that he wanted to take the company to a height where it sold much more than just books but he started with 
just books because he knew that people that books were in high demand by by people in that time. So he started with just books, but in his head he knew he was going to take it bigger. So, you know, he but but he launched books only, started getting that feedback, started working out the kinks, started working out how delivery and everything was actually going to work before starting to add new products. I think they were in business like 5 years before they added their second products, which was actually movies, uh, other kind of media, movies and DVDs and stuff like that, or CDs. Well, the and- thing is, even with the book sales, he never, at the beginning, he never carried his own inventory no, either. No, All, He was basically just a middleman. Yeah. So as the order came in and as the order came in and was placed, he would then reach out to the distributor <laughs> to buy the copy of the book to now then ship it out to the customer. Exactly. Interesting fact about that. Uh, and this is this. This should uh, motivate you know entrepreneurs to think outside the box. So at the time, the distributors would not sell uh, less than ten copies or less than ten books to ship. Right. So what Jeff Bezos started doing is, if you ordered a book from Amazon, he would order your book from the distributor, and then place an order for nine extra books that were normally out of stock, so that the company would only send him the one book because the other ones were out of stock and they couldn't send it to him. Yeah. So, uh, so that's a, li- a little interesting fact. Um, another company that uh, that I just recently read about is uh, Starbucks. So if you didn't know, Starbucks started off as a, uh, they were mostly a bean selling company. They would sell uh, coffee beans. And, you know, their thing was they wanted to sell the freshest and best beans because it was a niche, very niche market. Um, and it wasn't until Howard Schultz joined Starbucks and he saw a cafe in Italy that he decided he wanted to start a cafe here in the States. And he was already, he was, he had just become part of Starbucks like in the, in the past year. And, uh, the Starbucks owners didn't really care for the idea, but he beat them down <laughs> to the point where they eventually said, you know what? Okay. The next location we open up, we'll do your cafe. Right. So when they opened up that location, it wasn't a full-blown Starbucks cafe. It was still the, we sell beans, but the cafe was like in a little corner with two baristas that were making just, you know, a few items. It wasn't like like the, the menu they have now. It wasn't a breakfast. It was just a few items that they would sell. Um, and this allowed him to get that feedback. And he that's when he realized, when because people would go into the cafe to buy the beans, but they would also end up at the at the bar like ordering some of the new drinks and he's like you know what people are looking for this idea and eventually he uh he left starbucks and he started uh el journal i think it was called uh which then um after uh the owners of starbucks sold starbucks to uh howard schultz he changed the name and then turned it into what starbucks is today but he started off with the the just the concept just a, a proof of concept in an, in an actual uh, bean selling uh, establishment. Yeah, he didn't go out and open 100 stores right away. No. Yeah, so um, that, that's the thing um, that I, I think a lot of times people tend to, to gravitate toward trying to put out perfection. So you have this grand idea of this big product, and I struggle with a... With, uh, you know, partners of mine sometimes uh, on this idea for some reason is, is they, they, they want to go grand. They want to go huge and big. And like, you, you got to prove the concept first. You, you got to start small because you, you don't really know until yeah. you get into it with any, with almost anything. You don't really know. Yeah. So you really got to just 
think about it because so so now here's a downside to uh or not a downside but just a caution on MVP is you still got to really put your mind into it because if you go to market too quickly it could also be negative right so if you if you have a, a if it's too minimum of a viable product it, it could be bad because it could allow for like your competitors to come in and basically steal your idea because you all have a almost nothing to to yep. really show right um so then they can they can come in with something better build on whatever you've done and really pick up the market share from you one of the best mvps one of the best examples of MVPs that i can think about and people like to argue whether it was an MVP or not. I believe it was. Some experts believe it was. Some believe it do- it wasn't. But is the iPhone. So if you don't remember, the iPhone didn't come out with that many features when it first came out. Um, not not like uh, you know the BlackBerry had some extra features, and Android came out after the iPhone with additional features. Um, but the iPhone was a basic concept. You know they had the basic things in there, like you know being able to make calls, text, and take pictures. And what Apple realized was that people wanted to use their phones basically for social media purposes. So what did they do is they improved on those features first, which was what is iPhone known as now for now? Their cameras, you know what I'm saying? So I think that allowed iPhone or an Apple to get that feedback. What does the customer want? And now look at what people say. You see people on the streets right now where they still have the argument of Android does much more and the iPhone user doesn't care because they love their iPhone because it does what they want. How many times I'm, I'm an, I'm an Android user and I'm one of those people that used to say, yeah, but this got more features than the iPhone, but how many of those features do I actually use? So I think iPhone uh, had the better idea of putting out a, a simple phone and then de- developing it based on what the feedback they were getting was, which was social media, pictures, video. Yeah, see, I was I was an Android user as a as a programmer back then. I I liked modding my phone, you know, modifying my phone and and building shit into it and all that. And um, eventually, I, I started feeling like, you know what, I don't have time for that yeah. i don't have time for that i don't want to mess around with uh stupid you know modding features and this and that <laughs> i just want something that works and something that's simple and now I'm, and and i converted years ago and and i'm happy as can be with with the iphone yeah and people love their iphone man like uh i don't know anybody who's as passionate uh, about android as they are about iphones iphone users are you know what i'm saying yeah and uh, and it's because like i said like you know, they released their MVP and they catered to their customer. Uh, they gave the customer what they wanted and what they needed only. And the customer seems to have uh, really enjoyed the idea of, of a simple, more simple phone that does what they want only. Yep. So, yeah, uh, I mean, in, in conclusion, uh, I guess just make sure you look at your product and really ask yourself, you know, what is the simplest, quickest thing I can deliver? to my customers that will allow me to get some kind of feedback. And once you determine what that is, just start putting it out there. Um, 
even this podcast is a perfect example. You know, we didn't beat it to death before we started it. We just started it. And as we get feedback and as we listen to our own uh, product and and we, we, we are trying to continuously get better, maybe adding different structures and changing the format slightly here and there. And it's allowing us to evolve. But we didn't spend a year developing this and trying to make it perfect. We'll try to make it perfect as we go. Yeah, and we'll make it perfect be, as we get feedback from, from the listeners. Yes. So and and that's that's really how I, I think is the best way to look at any service or product that you're trying to develop. So uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, but as always, guys, thank you for joining us uh, today. We really appreciate your support and we'll see you here for another episode again tomorrow.